Well, we heard your voice. And uh, a few weeks ago, we, uh, we asked you, what are your needs? And what are the needs in your life? And what's going on in your life? And so since we heard your voice, um, we started a brand new series on relationships. Or initially, we were going to do something on the parables. Um, but since we heard an overwhelmingly res- overwhelming response, uh, you can figure out which adjectives, right? Um, then we decided to do a uh, series on relationships because that's what all of you asked for. And so um, we get to continue our series, Healthy Relationships. And today we're going to talk about our healthy relationships with our significant other. So that could be like your boyfriend, your girlfriend, that could be your wife, that could be your husband, and, and, and I'll just, let's, just get it, let's, just, let's just get clear the air, all right, here we go, ready? Relationships are messy, right? Say that with me, relationships are messy, and then just do not say except for mine. No, we're all messy, we all have issues in our lives, and uh, if you're ever discouraged, if you're ever discouraged about your relationship, if you think like you're the only one who has relational difficulties, you don't need to go far. One is you just got to go to the Bible. Have you ever read through the Bible? If you haven't, I highly suggest you do it. But as you read, as we read the Bible, we read that there are some messed up people in the Bible. Like messed up. And like their relationships were not ideal. But somehow... God still used these, these men and women in the Bible. It blows my mind how God's grace is bigger than our, like, shortcomings. So take, for example, in Genesis 12, they have a, the story of Abram and Sarai. Later on, they became Abraham and Sarah. In Genesis 12, God says, okay, Abram and Sarai, leave your land Go to a country I will show you, the promised land. So they go on this journey. They leave everything they know. They're trusting God. Things are going well. God even says, you see over there, that's the promised land. That's Canaan. That's the land that's flowing with milk and honey. Not like literally milk and honey. That would be kind of weird. But the idea that it produces all this beautiful natural resources, that's going to be yours. But not yet. Then some time goes by, and then there's a famine in the land. And, and they realize that something drastic needs to happen. And so what they end up doing is they end up going to Egypt. Because they know in Egypt they, they, could, they could spend time there. They could have food there. They're not going to die. So they're on their way to Egypt. Now Abram, being the strong man he is, being the wise man he is, being the brilliant man he is, on the way to Egypt says to his wife, honey, you're very beautiful. And Sarai says, thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. No, no, no. He says, you're really beautiful. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. And, and he says, um, we're going to Egypt, and they're going to think you're really beautiful. And I'm your husband. You're my wife. And um, if we go into Egypt, and they know I'm your husband, they're going to kill me. So for the time being, can we just pretend we're brother and sister? And Sarai was like, oh, uh, okay. So that was his brilliant plan. They go into Egypt, and then Pharaoh finds out about Sarai and was like, hey, man, come live with me. And she did. And Abram's over here, and they're giving him 
cattle and servants and treating him like a king because of his sister and all that. Then something very interesting happens in Genesis chapter 12, verses 16 to 20. This is the rest of the account here. Genesis 12, verses 16 to 20. He treated Abraham, he treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female, donkeys, male and female, servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me, Pharaoh said? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abraham to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. Now, we could only speculate the discussion Abram and Sarai had on their way back. And we can only speculate the shame, the hurt, the pain that Sarai felt because of what Abram uh, kind of inflicted on her. But yet, at the same time, these were drastic times. These were drastic situations. And so there was a lot of pain going on today. And I wonder today how many relationships are broken because of unfaithfulness, or how many relationships are broken because there's a lack of trust, or how many relationships are broken because the stress level is so high for whatever reason. And, and, and I can only imagine the stress that Abram and Sarai were going through. But no matter what relationship we're in, no matter how good or how bad it is, the promise we have in Scripture is God can always restore. So no matter where you are in your relationship with your significant other, whether it's a current relationship or whether it's a relationship that's dissolved, it can always get better. And that's what I want us to understand is wherever you are in your relationship with your significant other, it, it can get better. And so if you're here and you're like, I don't have a significant other, that's okay because the principles here are going to help you in every single relationship that you'll ever have. And so this is a message that is for everybody. So a couple years ago, I wrote this book. It's called Everyone Loves Sex, So Why Wait? It's a clean book, I promise. And, um, and I wrote this book two years ago, and uh, it was on Amazon's number one best-selling list for like two seconds. And <laughs> in some obscure category that I forget what category it was, but it was like this, 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 and this. And then it was like, number one, all right. And then he blinked and then it went away. But still, it was on number one. All right, so... Um, um, but the beauty about this book, it talks about sexual faithfulness, but the second part talks about vision, talks about what your life can be when you are faithful, talks about relationships. And so part of the message today comes from the second part of this book. If you're interested, you can buy the book in the lanai. It's $15. And just so you know, like, I don't get any of the profit. It just, it just goes to the church and uh, for, the, for the general fund and all that stuff. So nothing goes to me. But if you want a resource, that'd be great for all ages, especially if you have kids or grandkids. It'd be perfect for them as well. Um, and, if you want, want any, and if you want to write like a five-star Amazon review, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> and then there's other resources. There's YouTube channels and stuff like that if you're interested. But um, 
You know, we talk about relationships. Anytime you talk about relationships, we're always talking about, uh, you know, relationships, there's going to be conflict. Relationships and conflict go hand in hand. If you're in a relationship, there's going to be conflict. There's no way around it. So take, for example, a situation that may or may not have happened. It may have been kind of a, kind of a, a collection of different fights that some person may have had. But one wife asked one husband, yeah, honey, uh, we want to go for dinner. That's my Australian accent. It's so bad I have to tell you that's my Australian accent. And, and I said, well, let's go to the Outback Steakhouse because that's, that's authentic Australian, which is it's fake Australian. <laughs> and let's just say that this make-believe couple said, you know what, honey, um, the kids are allergic to shellfish. No, they're not. They could eat whatever they want. All right. Well, where do you want to go to dinner? You know where this is going, right? I want to go Olive Garden. We live in, husband says, we live in Hawaii. Why would you want to go to Olive Garden, fake Italian, when you can have like the best Italian around? And then all of a sudden, it became World War III. And then husband may have been like, bah, 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 and the wife may have been like, bah, and then it may have been like, oh my gosh, and the kids are listening, and then all of a sudden, there's no Australian steakhouse. There's no Olive Garden. There's no food. Everyone goes to bed hungry. I'm not saying that was me and Kaz, but I'm saying that may have been different events that kind of have happened at one time or another kind of combined into one. I'm not saying that. So if Kaz asked you about it, I didn't tell this story. She's talking to the youth, so she's not hearing this. We'll see, how faith, we'll see how dedicated she is as she listens to the message after the service. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so what was the fight about? The fight wasn't about this imitation Australian food or the imitation Italian food place. It wasn't about where we're going to eat, okay? It was about something so much more deeper, so much uh, underneath the surface, and we're going to get to exactly what that main issue is. We're going to get to the root of all relationship problems in just a moment. But, but understand this. The reason people fight, the reason we argue, the reason we love, the reason we laugh, the reason we have joy, the reason we have all these stuff is because we are created for relationships. And we fight and we have issues and things like that because when relationships aren't going right, when there's a, a, a barrier in that relationship, what happens is that there's a, there's a blockage and, and then all of a sudden we're living as, 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 as we're not designed to live because we're designed to be in a healthy relationship with God and with others. The, the verse for this entire series that we'll probably read every single week is Genesis one twenty seven. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Last week, I talked more about this. If you weren't here last week, I highly recommend just go online to our website, kaimikichristian.org. There's resources there. There's, old, there, there, there's uh, sermons you can listen to. You can listen to the podcast or you can watch it live uh, on video. Just go and... and, and you know, and, and, and catch up on if you weren't here last week. But what happened was everything up into humanity was created according to their kinds. When it comes to human beings, you and I, we're created in the image of God. Now, that's pretty cool. There's so much I could say about it, but very briefly, the idea of the image of God is that we have a relational component to us, that we are able to relate with God in a way no one else can. And so there's a relational component. God is relational. He made us in his image to be 
relational. But even though we're made to be relational, we are not always good at relationships. Why do we mess them up? (laughs) Ever thought about that? Why do we mess relationships up? Why are those same fights keep coming up all the time? It's like, man, we've been fighting that for like five years. You think we'd fight a different fight? <laughs> it's funny because it's true. So, so, so what it, is it about relationships? Well, I want to, part of what happens is our upbringing will, can dictate how, how our future is. And it's been said that our past isn't our past if we bring it into our present. Our past isn't our past if we bring it into our present. And so a lot of the stuff that happens to us in childhood and young adulthood, that comes into play in how we live out every single day. And so people have written about this. And, and, and I mentioned some of this stuff in here, but there's four types of relationship styles. And, and as I talk about these relationship styles, I want you to kind of figure out which one you are. Maybe you're two of them. Figure out which two you are. So they're called relationship styles or they're called attachment styles. But, but we develop these relationship styles depending on how we answer two important questions. Here's what they are. And you can write these down. Number one, am I worthy of love? Number two, are others capable of loving me? So write that down. Number one, am I worthy of love? Number two, are others capable of loving me? So here's what this could look like. The best relationship style that we all want is called secure relationships or secure attachments. also called attachment theory or attachment styles. Secure people are people not afraid of emotions. They're not afraid of their own emotions. They're not afraid of other people's emotions. Secure relationships, secure attachments are people willing to seek and accept comfort from other people. And they're comfortable with that. Secure relationships know that relationships can be safe and that knowledge gives them courage to love and to have intimacy with others. And secure people take responsibility for themselves. Now we get into what's called anxious relationships or anxious attachment style. And these are people that long for intimacy but live in constant nagging fear of rejection. These are also people who are very needy, desperately looking for others to make them feel safe and secure. There's also people who trust too early and unwisely, overlooking signs that others have earned, overlooking signs that others have not earned their trust. And then we have avoidant attachment style or avoidant relationship style. These are people who avoid intimacy because they do not see a need for it. These are people who are confident in their abilities and are self-reliant. These are people who are commonly express low levels of anxiety in relationships, even when others are very needy and demanding. And the last one is fearful relationship style or fearful attachment. These are people who feel unloved, unwanted, and unworthy of anyone's affection. These are people who long for relationships but are terrified for being close. These are people who lack confidence in their abilities to make relationships 
life work. And so as we think about these four relationship uh, styles, these attachment styles, and there's so much more I could say about it, I just want to give the overview. Maybe you identified with one. Maybe you're like, oh, that's me. Maybe you're like, oh, all three of those are me. Whatever it is, there's one thing that's amazing, that these relationship styles, attachment styles are not permanent because God is in the business of healing and restoring No matter what has happened in our past, there's always freedom in our future because God is the one who wants to bring us freedom and can bring us freedom. Sometimes that freedom comes to the spiritual disciplines that we talked about uh, the last few weeks where we put ourselves in a position for God to do the work in a mighty and an amazing way where God says, you know, where we say, God, I need you, and God starts healing us supernaturally. Other ways of bringing healing is finding a professional Christian counselor that work through some of the stuff that has happened in our lives. But these relationships are difficult. Relationships are challenging. But our job if we're created for relationships is to figure out how we can make our relationships work and it always starts with us and here's also the beauty don't ever forget this we are God's creation the Bible says in Isaiah 64 8 we are the clay you are the potter we are the work of your hand imagine God and his hands are like this and we are clay and we have scrapes and bruises we have wounds we have this deep-seated hurt that maybe we didn't we've never told anybody but what God wants to do is start forming this clay mending the brokenness the hurts he is the potter we are the clay and the beauty is God can do that Let me give you two relationship truths. Number one, it's never just about the other person. You you can say dang, like darn, shoot. It'd be nice if we could blame everyone for our problems, right? But then that wouldn't do any good. All right, number one, it's never about the other person. Number two, we have the ability to choose healthy relationships. We could choose healthy relationships. All right. So here is the reason. Here is the cause of all relationship problems. The main cause of all relationship problems. You ready for this? Okay. Here is the main cause of all relationship problems. You ready for this? All right. Good. If you're not ready, I'm like, hey, you know, it's, it's two words. Core fears. Core fears. And here's what that means. When this imaginary husband and wife were fighting over the fake imitation restaurants, it wasn't about the imitation restaurants. When they were fighting, it was about their core fears. And so here are some core fears everybody has. You might have one of them. You might have two of them. You might have five of them. Who knows? Uh, Some core fears that we have. Not being loved or losing the love of someone that they care about. Not being heard. Not being valued. A core fear of being rejected. A core fear of being abandoned. A core fear of being judged. And then there's other core fears. 
helplessness, being controlled, feeling like a failure, being stepped on, being inadequate or feeling inadequate, being cheated, feeling insignificant. These are core fears. And by the way, these core fears come from a book called The DNA of Relationships. So these are some core fears. Now here's what happens when these core fears get pushed. We either react to it where it's like, oh, no, you didn't. And it's like, bam, bam, bam. And it just escalates. And it, we start escalating. And it's fighting. Sometimes what we do when there's conflict coming, those core fears get hurt, we withdraw. And we kind of just hide. Sometimes we get sarcastic. <laughs> oh, you don't even know what you're talking about. What do you know? And we belittle people. And there's all these different reactions when our core fears are pushed. So how does all this come to be? So the husband... Wanted to go to the Outback Steakhouse, but then the wife shot down his idea. And so he felt like he was being controlled, core fear, and he felt inadequate, core fear, to make the decision. So then the husband, in a mature way, said, well, where do you want to eat? It's a make-believe couple. It's a make-believe couple. Kaz and I would never have these silly fights. (laughs) Don't ask her. So the wife... The beautiful, precious wife wanted to go to Olive Garden. So he goes, well, let's go to the Olive Garden. And, but then the husband shot down that idea and was like reacting because he felt hurt and was like, we ain't going to the Olive Garden, you know, and, uh, and, and hit her core fears because she didn't feel loved, core fear, and she didn't feel like the husband hurt her. And so in this case, how would they react it was World War III, bam, bam, bam. Kids went to bed hungry. Mom and dad went to bed hungry, and you woke up hungry. <laughs> so it, it, this wasn't one fight. It was like a collection of all these different fights that I just kind of combined into one for your amusement. Um, <laughs> but again, God can heal our brokenness. God can heal the hurts in our lives. God can heal the pain, the, the, the abuse in the past, the, 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 the shortcomings in the past, the, the, uh, the betrayal in the past. God can heal all of that because all of the stuff that happened in our past, that bad, nasty, ugly stuff, God never intended it to be that way. But God will come alongside us if we allow him to, to bring us healing, to bring us peace that only God can bring. And, 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 and because of that, there is always hope. There is always hope. And wherever you are, in whatever relationship you're in, there's always hope because of one word, forgiveness. And until there is forgiveness... We can't continue in our relationship. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. When he died and he, he was buried, three days later he rose from the grave. He forgave us. And so we read in Ephesians 1, 7, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave us of all of our sins. I'm going to teach you two theological terms. The one is called positional forgiveness positional forgiveness. This means that when we come to a point and we accept the sacrifice of Christ, that we accept that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, that our position is with Jesus forever. Amen? Our position is with Jesus forever. That's positional forgiveness. Say positional. 
Then there is relational forgiveness. This is when we like mess up. And we, we, we mess up and, and, and all that. It's called relational forgiveness because in order for our relationship with God to get better, we must come to a point where we say, God, I am sorry for disobeying you. I am sorry for breaking my relationship with you. And, and what happens is there's forgiveness there, and then our relationship with God can continue to move on. It is the same way with you and I in relationships. We hurt people regularly, whether we mean to or don't mean to. And one of the first things we should probably do when we leave today, or maybe before we leave today, is to go to somebody and say, please forgive me. Maybe you need to go to your spouse and say, please forgive me for the way I talked to you, for what I did. Maybe we need to go to a friend and say, please forgive me. Maybe, maybe we need to be able to forgive other people, and that's harder for some than others because of what has happened. But, but that, that's where we need to get to because we want to continue our relationship with God. And as the band comes, I want us to think about this. Relationships are messy, but relationships are some of the most beautiful things when, when relationships are going right, the flowers look more beautiful. The sky looks more beautiful. Everything is just like, whoa. Why is that? It's because we're created for relationships. And we have a choice. Will we work on our relationships with our significant others or not? Are we going to keep things the status quo, or are we going to step up our game? Whether it is a friend, whether it is a colleague, a co-worker, whether it is a boss, whether it is whatever it is, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your girlfriend, your boyfriend, what, what are you willing to accept, the status quo, or are you willing to say, I'm going to step up my game and do better at relationships? And that could be through the spiritual disciplines. That could be through praying together. That could be through seeing a professional counselor. So many different ways of how we could get uh, uh, healthier relationships. But we have to make the decision to say, I will take the first step in healthy relationships. Who will be that person in here that says, I will take the first steps in having a healthy relationship and having a fulfilling relationship and having a relationship that is no longer the status quo, but is so much more. And that's what God calls us to. And we're all capable of that. And God believes all of us are able to do that. And that's the promise we have in Scripture. Healthy relationships with God translates into a healthy relationships with others. Amen? Let's stand and let's praise our God.